1 Peter chapter 2. We're just going to jump right into the word. and I'm probably not going to preach this whole thing. I'm just going to give you the highlights and uh, we're going to keep it moving from there. 1 Peter chapter 2. You can keep playing for a second, Daniel. Verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 4. It says this, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scripture says, I am laying and placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem or in Zion, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. You who trust in him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is that stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation. God's holy, very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And today I want to talk to you from this topic between a rock and a hard place. Between a rock and a hard place. And you probably heard that phrase before. You know, that's a common saying. Amen. Daniel said, I'm going to cut that music off. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap these cables up. Between a rock and a hard place, and we'll double back to the announcements and the offering. It looks like we got all family here today. So, you know, you first time watching, uh, go to our website, rockrock.com. Call me, my number 757. Okay, we'll get with you. Uh, Between a rock and a hard place, and you've probably heard this phrase before. You say it with people saying, you know, between a rock and a hard place, and really what they're saying is, hey, I got two tough decisions, two hard decisions. I, it's either the, the rock decision, I could go here, I could go there. Both decisions have their challenges. Both decisions have their costs. Both decisions have their weight. Right? You ever had one of those type of things where you're like, I'm trying to decide to go here, I'm trying to go there. I'm trying to decide between this, this, this woman and this. Okay, y'all. All right. Uh, I'm trying to decide between I take the promotion here, I get the new job, or I move to Cali, or I move to New York, or or I leave here, I stay home, I got a new place, I, I buy the house, or I wait, I sell it, or I invest the money, or I pay off the debt, right? You ever had these type of decisions? And sometimes it's as simple as something like, hey, I, I get an extra, you know, $1,000, do I pay off the credit card, or I invest it for my retirement? But sometimes you're faced with decisions that's like, ooh, this could have real life ramifications. And I remember old message I used to listen to by Bishop T.D. Jakes, he would say, he would call these destiny decisions. Where you decide, should I get married or should I, I don't know if this is the right person. This, that's, a, that's a destiny type of decision where this could have ramifications for the next 20 years of your life if you get with this person or whatever the case may be. And he would say with these destiny decisions that you got, this, this is not a decision you make in a day. 
It's not a decision you really make in, in a week. Sometimes that's a thing you wrestle with for, for you may wrestle with it for a month. You, you may wrestle with it for a year. You may, you may sit with it. I mean, you, you praying about it. You talking to your parents about it. You talking to your mentors. You, you, you had one of those type of things where you wrestling with a thing and it's, it's taking you a minute. These, these destiny type of decisions because sometimes you find yourself between a rock and a hard place. Either one, I could go right or I could go left. Either one has sometimes consequences, good and bad, not just bad, but good consequences. But either one comes with pros, cons, challenges, ups and downs, and obstacles, and blessings of its own. And when we've been talking in this last series about blueprint, about building, whenever you begin to build something, tying it into that is that whenever you, excuse me, begin to make a decision to start something new or to do something, to go here or there, you're really beginning to start and build something new. So if you decide to take the new job, now I have to begin to build a culture with this job. If you decide to get married and stay with that person, now I have to begin to build a marriage with this person. If I decide to move over to California, instead of, now I have to go over there and begin to build a life in L.A. or build a life in Miami, right? And so when we talk about building, when we talk about these decisions, these rock and a hard place, when we talk about starting something at anything, and the reason I said the rock and a hard place is because Whenever you're building, the most important thing that you have, most generally, is a foundation. That is key. And you may have noticed over the last few weeks, the first couple of messages were about a zeal to build. So that means God has stirred something in my spirit. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about stepping into this new territory. I'm excited about starting this new ministry or starting this new podcast. Or I'm excited about taking this new job. You got a zeal. And then last week, we talked about having a pattern. We talked about having a plan for what you're trying to build, right? So you're not just excited. But now you got a real life plan. But today, when you begin to lay your hands to the work, we now have to get into the structure of this thing. And that all starts with the foundation. The foundation of anything is so key because if the foundation ain't right, you know, when we were looking for a house, uh, me and Archie bought a house a couple years ago, right at the end of 2020. And, you know, our realtor would tell us, one of the things you got to look out for, does this house have foundation issues? Because that thing could be costly to fix. If you, if you find a house, that has foundation. They like, oh wait, oof, we gotta look at this. Now there are some foundation issues. That's like, okay, you can fix it, but there's some that's like, I wouldn't buy that house because that's gonna cost you twenty grand to fix it. That's gonna cost you fifteen grand to fix that, right? And so we realize that the foundation, if that's not right, you'll begin to see issues with the house. You'll begin to see the. They say that you'll begin to see the walls. You see cracks in the walls, and the door is swinging kind of weird, and it's it's not close to the to the door hinges are not all right, and and you might roll, you know put put some on the floor. And it's rolling across the floor. You're like why the, the, the thing? Why the thing rolling over there? That means this house is started. This foundation is not secure, and so whenever the foundation of a thing is not secure, now the entire house starts to get rocky. Right? It starts to get weird. We lived in a old house like that in Georgia. It was, that house was built in about 1900. And that thing was old. It was up on like some post. And why did we live there? I, it looked cool. It looked cool in the pictures, but it, it wasn't cool. The thing was swinging. The doors was weird. And you could see the cracks in the wall. Like this house is, we got to move, Archer. We got to go. But the Bible says this, and this is the first thing I want to ask you when we talk about building a foundation. And this is the first point, Ola, is that am I aligned with the cornerstone? When you begin to lay a foundation, the first thing that we, they lay is the cornerstone. And I love that because this verse in verse four, it says you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. And the cornerstone, another name for it is called the foundation stone. And this concept is derived from the first stone that is set in the construction of a foundation. It is so important because all of the other stones 
they get their direction from the cornerstone. They get their, their layout. They get, they, they, get, they get their instructions from the cornerstone. The entire position of the structure is determined by the cornerstone. And so when we begin to talk about building, we have to first make sure with our spirituality, with our walk with Christ, with our, with our marriage, with our finances, is that am I aligning everything with the cornerstone that is Christ? Every area of my life should be aligned with what Christ is doing. Every area of my life should be aligned with what Christ is saying. Every area of my life should be aligned with how he has set the course. And this is the thing is that the cornerstone has to be first. The cor- you don't lay a cornerstone after you didn't put you know, a brick post. No, no. The cornerstone is not made to be second. Y'all better hear that. The cornerstone doesn't work if it's second. That's not a cornerstone. That's just a part of the structure. But the cornerstone has to be first in order to give direction to the entire house. And so when we deal with Christ, when we deal with our walk with him, y'all better hear this. I want you to remember that God is like, I'm not going to be second to nobody. Remember, he told him in the the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, he says, this is a commandment. You will have no other God before me. I don't work second. God is, see, y'all better, y'all read your Bible. God, we, you know, we present Jesus like a little lamb. Oh, Jesus loves me. No, he's like, I'm not going to be second. Either I'm going to be first or I'm out of here. Y'all better hear that. He said, either I'm going to be first or I'm, I'm going to go over here and wait for you to do your thing. And then you come back and repent because I do love you. I came and died for you. I want you. I'm, I'm pulling on you. Holy Spirit is working on you. But remember, God said, I don't do second. There is no second place with him. There is nothing in his word about God being second. Never for any generation, for any dispensation, for any time period, for any prophet, for any preacher, for the disciple, for Paul, for anybody. He said, I don't work second. His promises don't work second. His word doesn't work second. He said, I'm not doing second place in your life. Either it's first or nothing. Or I'm not there. I'm I'm rolling out. And so the cornerstone has to be first. The nature of the cornerstone is made up. Christ, he said, I've set myself up to I've set myself up in a way that when I'm first, everything else is in order. When I'm first, everything else is in line. But, if, but, but there is no second place. Either it's first or not there. And this is the next thing is that the cornerstone has to be firm. Not only first, but it has to be firm. Able to bear the weight and the responsibility of setting the course for the structure. Able to bear the weight of setting the course, setting the guidelines, setting the boundaries for the structure. And Christ has proven himself to not only be first, worthy of being first, but he is firm enough to bear the weight. Remember his word says, cast all your cares on me. He says, the reason you can cast your cares on me is because I'm strong enough to bear the weight of it. His word tells us he went to the cross and the Bible says he, one translation says he became sin for us. Other translation says he became the offering for our sin. And so we can take that Christ on the cross took on the weight of all of the sin of mankind. He says, I'm proving myself to be worthy of the weight. I can carry the weight of what you are trying to build. And what happens, let me move along here because I'm not going to labor in this long today. man. I believe God has already done what he needs to do. I just want to drop this on you. But many times we will attempt to make adjustments to the structure without addressing the cornerstone without addressing the foundations. And so, for example, it's like I told you with the house, if I see cracks in the walls, if I see the door swinging kind of weird, me trying to fix the door on the hinge is not really the problem. That's just a symptom of the foundation issue. And sometimes me and Archer talk sometimes, 
We talk about like sometimes folks say, man, I'm having a problem with this. Or, I'm having a problem with that. Or, I'm having a problem with my girl. I'm having a problem with my mom. I'm having a problem with this. And, it's, and I, I, I sometimes want, I, I want to be like, well, I, you know, are you saved? Because, you know, you arguing with your mom. I mean, that might be a symptom of, you know, unrejuvenated, unrepentant hearts. That might be a greater symptom of something that's out of line concerning God. And so me having problems with my money, me having problems in my marriage, me having problems at the job, me having problems with my siblings, me arguing with my wife is, you know, that's probably a symptom of something deeper. I can definitely speak for marriage. The arguments don't even be about the argument. The argument be about something three years ago. You know what? Three years ago you said you ain't like my shirt. I've been mad about it ever since. <laughs> so now every time you say, what's that shirt you got? on? See, I done told you. Now we are. So it ain't about the shirt. It's something way back. And that's something way back from seven years old. Some girl in fifth grade told me she didn't like my shirt. Now I'm mad at my wife about that. That's a symptom. We arguing about something, you know, toothpaste or something. It ain't about that. It's about something deeper, right? And that's a lot of times we find is that we're trying to sometimes, we have to be mindful of what we're addressing, trying to address symptoms and not foundations. We're trying to address the shingles on the house. We're trying to put new paint on something and the foundation is cracked in half. Well, it's just a matter of time before that paint begins to look raggedy. And we find that that's not the real issue. We cannot be addressing fruit issues when the root is the problem. We cannot be addressing above the surface issues when the foundation is the real issue. And so I began to ask this of myself. I said, what area of my life, and we just said this a minute ago, but what area of my life is not being fruitful, fruitful and faithful? What area of my life am I not being fruitful or faithful? Could this be an area where the cornerstone is out of place? Or whether I should say it like this, I have not allowed my, I aligned myself with the cornerstone. Where? That's a good question. Where am I not being fruitful and faithful? Could that be a place where I'm out of alignment with the cornerstone? And this is the next thing here. And we can put it is that, uh, the, the first thing is that am I aligned with the cornerstone? The next thing is that have I made Christ a hard place? Hear that. Have I made Christ a hard place? And this is the thing. In verse 7, it says that the stone that the builders rejected, they, the builders rejected this cornerstone. They rejected the stone. It has now become the cornerstone. When, people, when we reject Christ, or we reject his word, or we reject his principles concerning a thing in my life, we make Christ a hard place. We make walking with God a hard place. When we reject following his principles, when we reject obeying his word, when we reject being led by the Holy Spirit, we make this walk now instead of a rock in terms of a foundation where I can stand firmly on and I can make my moves at, at, from a place of security when I now walk in disobedience or I reject God's principles in an area of my life, I make it not standing on a foundation, but I now, I now bring myself into, oh, this is hard. This is a hard, oh, this is, this is hard. And this is what happens is that when I reject God, when I reject his principles, repenting becomes a hard place. I don't want to repent. Why? I got to repent. Why? I got I'm a good person. Why should I? Da, da, da. When I make, when I reject Christ, forgiveness becomes a hard place. When I reject Christ, placing my faith in him, placing my faith in Christ and not my faith in the universe or the crystals or the psychics, it becomes a hard place. When I reject his principles, walking with uh, sexual restraint becomes a hard place because it's my body. It's my, I can do whatever I want. God made sex. Why can't I do 
It now moves from a foundation to where I say, God, on you I stand, and from you I build, and from you I live. Now it becomes, oh, this is hard. This, I don't understand why we got to do that. I don't understand why I go to school. I can go to church. I ain't got to go to church every Sunday. I'll be there next week. I'll go there next month. It becomes a hard place. And now something that was supposed to be secure is now unstable. And this is what happens when I, you, or anyone else, when we reject God's principles, we make him a hard place. And this is what happens is that if we reject the cornerstone, God rejects the builders. When we reject the cornerstone, God rejects the builders. So he says, if you reject me as the foundation, now the Bible says in Matthew 10, Matthew 10 and 33, it says, everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my father in heaven. He says, when you reject me as the foundation, I reject the builders. So whatever you're trying to build, he said, that ain't going to work. It ain't going to work without me. It, it ain't going to prosper without me. It might prosper for a time. I know plenty of unsaved people that's, that's probably, oh, that look good for a season, for a time, for the next 10 years, for the next five years. It might work. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to go down immediately. But there is an element of God saying, it, 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 he's shown us that if you do not do it my way, there was going to come a time when what you are building is not going to work. It may be when you're 70. It may be when you're 80. It may be when you stand before the Lord and he says, get away from me. I never knew you. But he says at some point, if you reject the cornerstone, he says he rejects the builders. So these are the questions to consider for us. I'm kind of going to just move on from that. Um, paraphrase that for a second. This is the next thing is that do I view Christ as a necessity or a nuisance? A rock or a hard place? Something to stand on or something that's like, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. It is too hard to live. Like, it's too hard to fast. I don't want to fast. Why we got why you gotta have a fast for three days? I can't eat no food. I, I love to eat, but when we this is the thing. Do I see him as a necessity? A rock? Something to stand on, something to be secure, to secure my identity, to secure my mind, to secure my marriage, to secure my finances, to secure my my, my heart. Do, do I see him as a rock? That I stand on, I say, this is, I'm with God. I'm not leaving him. I'm standing on him. My life is going to be rooted on him. Or do I see him as a nuisance? Oh, this is just a hard place. This is a hard, what he's calling me to do is a hard thing. I don't want to do that. I don't, what you mean called to preach? I don't want to preach. All of these things. So I have to ask us, do I see him as a rock or a hard place? Do I see him as a necessity or a nuisance? Do I see God's word as foundational for my life, life-giving? food for my soul, a blueprint for my life, or do I see it as, oh, the Bible's just hard to understand. That's confusing. That's irrelevant for today's time. That, it makes me sleepy when I start reading. Do I see it as a hard place? Do, do I view church as, as the thing Jesus said, I will build in the earth and I will use it to usher in my kingdom, and I promise that the gates of even hell will not over, overcome it? Or do I see church? Oh, it's just a bunch of religious people. It's just a bunch of broken. It's just a bunch of this. It's just a bunch of stubborn old people. It's just something to do on Sundays when my friends ain't, we're not going to brunch, so I guess I'll go to church. You know, is it just something to do? Do I view Christ as the rock or do I view him as a hard place of what he's calling me to do is a hard thing. And this is the last thing I want to tell you this is that storms will reveal the condition of the foundation storms, life's storms will reveal the condition of the foundation. I want to read this for you in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, it says this. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, 
like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and winds beat against it, that house, it will not collapse because it is built on the rock. But verse 26, it says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I want you to notice something is that the person who obeyed the word, who obeyed Christ, who followed him, he said that person is on the rock. And the other person who walked away, who did not follow his word, he said that's on the sand. But notice in the passage, he said the only way we're going to know the difference is when the storm comes. He says when it's all sunny outside, it's going to seem like the person with the sand foundation and the person with the rock foundation, oh, they're both doing good. Oh, man, both look at them. They got money in the same neighborhood. Oh, that looks, oh, that marriage looks so great. Oh, it looks so wonderful. But he says when the economy goes down, he says we're going to find out who's on the rock and who's on the sand. He says when, when, when trouble breaks out, when their spouse gets sick and they have to in sickness and in health, he said then when the storm comes, he says, that's when we're going to find out because while the sun is shining, we, can all, we all look good today. We all look from the front to the back. Oh, you guys look great. You look healthy. Praise God. But let the storms break out. And we're going to find out. Let the economy, let gas go up to $9 a gallon. And we're going to find out who's trusting God or who's trusting in their job. We're going to find out. Let, let, Lord Jesus, <laughs> don't let me just, no, let me stay to the word, Jesus. Let things begin to happen. Let, life, let persecution of Christians begin to break out like it is over in Asia. And we're going to find out, am I really a believer or was I just doing this because this is what everybody else did? He said the storm reveals what type of foundation we are standing on. But while everything is good, he says, you won't know, but I want to give you an encouragement, too, because some of you have been through storms and you are still standing. You still got your mind. You still got your faith. And I want you to know, maybe the guess God encouraged you to say you on the rock today. <laughs> you may have thought you were shaking. You said, God, I don't know how I was going to make it over this last year, but you went through some storms in these last two years and you're still standing here. I want to encourage you that maybe there's some rock under your feet today. Maybe there's some Christ under your feet today. Maybe you've been in your word more than you think you have. Maybe you've been praying a little more than you think you have. Maybe you thought you were weak and God said, no, 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 you're strong. Because you done been through some storms and you done had to cut some people off and you done had to save some money here and you done had to change jobs and, and you done lost a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and the marriage didn't quite work out. But you are still standing here with your mind. I want to encourage you that maybe it's some folks in here that are like, no, I'm on the rock. I know because I've seen the storms come. I've seen the trouble come. I've cried the tears. I've lost the job and lost the money. Had this happen and had that happen. But I'm still standing here in my right mind. I'm still standing here with my faith in God. You don't know how many people's stuff happens and they're now, they're now of another religion. <laughs> they now have left the Bible. I don't go to church. I don't do that no more. I'm just done with God forever. But you are standing here. People have hurt you and you still say, God, I trust you. People have abused you and you still say, God, I trust you. People have thrown you to the side and talked dirty about you. But you still say, God, I trust you anyway. Maybe there's some rock under your feet. Maybe there's a real foundation under your feet. And sometimes... Though we don't like the storms, though we really hate the storms, though we never want to see a cloudy day in our spiritual walk, though we never want to see a rain, rain anywhere, sometimes God will maybe allow the storm to let you know you're stronger than you think you are. You got more in you than you think you are. You got, come on, y'all better hear that. You got more in you than you think you have. Maybe there's some strength on the inside of you. And it, it took the storm to reveal it. It took the hurt to reveal it. 
It took the pain to reveal it. It took the, the betrayal to reveal it. God said these storms have been revealing something. These storms over the last two years have been revealing something to you. These storms since COVID have been revealing something to you. These storms in your family have been revealing something to you. This storm in your money has been revealing something to you. This storm at your church has been revealing something to you. This storm at your job has been revealing something to you. And I would contend for, for the 10 people here, the 8 people here, whatever the case may be, Oh, it's some rocks in here. It's some people that's standing on his word. It's some people that's saying, God, I'm not going anywhere. It's some people that's saying, God, I'll fast. God, I'll pray. God, I'll read my word. I'll rehearse it. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'll rehearse it. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the city. I will rehearse it. Let's say the promises of God are yes and amen over my life. Because I realize that when these storms have come, that I say, I'm still here. And maybe this is God revealing, you're still on me. Your foundation is still on me. And maybe there's some places where you're saying, whew, that was a little tough. God, I was a little, my feet were a little shaky there. Use this as an opportunity to say, God, wherever that is where I've made you a hard place, wherever that is where I've made, I haven't built my life on you, use today as an opportunity. Say, God, let me get realigned with the cornerstone. Let me get realigned with Christ. Let me align my life with him. Have I made God the rock? Or the hard place. I want to encourage you today. Make him the rock. Make him the foundation of your life. And because we're so multifaceted people, we, we have a lot going on. You have family. You got jobs. You got relationships. You got all of these things. You got careers and hobbies. Sometimes in our lives, we'll have one area where we're secure. And we'll have other areas where we're like, need to work on that. I'm a little shaky there. And that's what happens. So, so I want to encourage you today. The areas where you're standing strong. Keep standing strong. Get stronger there. The areas where you need to grow, say, God, I align myself with you. I give myself to you. I give my life to you. And this is the thing I said earlier. Sometimes in a house with foundation issues, it can be costly to fix that thing. It can, it can be, you know, 5, 10, 15, whatever the issue is. It could be very costly. But I want you to know something and remind you that Jesus promised and he told us, he says, I've paid the price to repair the brokenness. I've paid the price to repair the breach. I've paid the price to prepare, to repair the area that is lacking. He said, I've came, I've come from heaven to earth and I've paid. So whatever cost you may think is going to be, whatever cost you may think is going to be to forgive, whatever cost you're going to think is going to be to start over, whatever cost you feel like it's going to be to repent, whatever cost you feel like it's going to be to come back to God. I want you to know that Jesus reminds us. He said, I paid that price. I've paid that price to repair the foundation of your life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you today.